Welcome back for another episode of the Bench Mob Podcast. Shout out to all of our listeners, our subscribers, YouTube viewers. Shout out to y'all. We appreciate y'all. We would not be where we are at without you guys. But today we have another guest. We have Alexandria Kerr. Thank you so much for hopping on. How are you today? I'm doing really well. Thank you guys for having me. It's an honor. Oh, of course. We definitely, we've been trying to get more female guests on the show. So soon as Jewel presented the opportunity, shout out to World Robino for the yeah, connect. Shout out to World Robino. Shout out to World Robino for the connect. We were able, I'm like, of course, I would love to have her on. So it was perfect. But before we start, I'm going to read the bio. Let Greg know. I know about you. I, I've seen you play a couple of times, but I'm going to read it for our listeners and our viewers. Started all 110 games over your four-year career. You finished ninth all-time in scoring with 1,500 career points, eighth all-time in rebounding with 814 points, 814 rebounds, finished tied for six with 346 career free throws. But before we even, even finish, you not only was a beast on the court, you did what you're supposed to do in the classroom. Cole... S-I-D-A Academic All-District First Team, named Academic All-Northeast 10 for the third consecutive year. This is who we have on our show today, y'all. This is the guest we have. What inspired this aspect? Like, we don't see that all the time, the athletic aspect and the academics together, like, was that always something that, you know, was ingrained in you that your parents or what was it that, hey, you you excelled in the classroom and on the court? Um, definitely was instilled by my parents. Um, they always, you know, promoted academics first. Um, so I knew that academics was the key to getting me to where I wanted to be opportunities um athletics you know anyone can get hurt anyone can get injured um there's going to be people who are just naturally physically stronger than you and faster than you but you know if you really try and you really study to achieve like what you need to do in the classroom you can get it done so i knew academics was you know if it wasn't basketball you know i always had academics to you know be my number one so what um did you actually major in uh, I got my bachelor's in accounting and my master's in taxation. And you got so, that like a year right after you graduated, you got your master's, right? I did a three plus one. So I, I graduated with my bachelor's in three and I got my master's in my fourth year. Okay. Okay. So I want to take it back a little bit before we even talk about the college career. You went Montclair High, yeah. excelled at Montclair High. When did the love for basketball start for you? So I would say in middle school, after my parents got divorced, um, they separated. And um, I was just looking to be a part of something. Um, I used to really love soccer. Uh, and then I, you know, I, I got cut in middle school, my in sixth grade from the team. I actually beat the coach's daughter and they told me to come try out. I was new um, and I went and tried out and they cut me. So um, I went to a, like a Catholic school that was in the town and they gave me a chance. Now, I wasn't the best at the time, 
Um, I wasn't all that. So they gave me the opportunity. And um, by like the second year, I ended up starting. I, I really worked hard. Um, so that's, I would say my love really started from St. Anne's Middle School, which is in, in Fairlawn. But um, I think that they, they closed. But that's where my love really started. It was so much fun playing in middle school. <laughs> So we're talking like seventh, eighth grade, sixth grade? Yeah, sixth grade, I started playing. I wasn't starting at that point, but by seventh grade, I played a, a year of AU, and that's when I started to actually like kind of, you know, take off in, in basketball. Hey, Greg, so this is our second guest that we have that started late and right. is a beast, like middle yeah. school. Started I, was, I was about to say, I was about to say, I mean, I and, and it's so crazy because like it always starts with like this childlike love for the game right you gotta love it. you gotta itch to want to do it and then at some point you start taking it seriously and it take it goes to the next level right so you mentioned you played AAU the, the that spring I guess going into your seventh grade year right yes. so mm -hmm. that's a pretty quick turnaround for someone to start taking it pretty seriously right like playing AAU um and maybe and you know I, I'd like to get a clear idea of that too like so when did that change for you like when did it when do you get to a point where you were like all right like I love doing this I'm gonna take it seriously I'm gonna work out and really start putting in that, putting grinding to get to where I want to go with this? Um, I think that I just started to be in the gym more often. Um, AU was a different level. Um, so I just naturally, just by being in the gym more, I got better. Um, I, I had, in sixth grade, I played on three different soccer teams, actually. And I took soccer way, like, more serious. But I improved way faster in basketball. I, it just, it took that season just being there more often. Um, and then I realized that like I could do something more with this. So I stopped playing soccer and took basketball way more serious. Um, and it just, it just went on from there. Just loving being in the gym. That was my escape. Anytime, you know, I felt down. Um, I, I went to the gym. I went to go play. It didn't matter how long, how many hours. That, that, that gives me a lot of, remembrance of rest in peace to Kobe of him and his documentary how he said that was his sanctuary no matter what was going on in his life if he could get to the court he was good so that is very reminiscent of that um at what point did you feel that all right I can actually play college ball and as I know as our followers uh don't know you actually went pro, you signed last year in Spain, I believe, correct? Yes. So at what point, at what point did you know that, all right, I can actually play college ball and then the opportunity to play pro also? So my sophomore year of high school, um, at this point, I had only went to Montclair for my last two years, my junior and senior. I actually um, started at Fairmont High School. Um, and I was, I ended up being sophomore of the year there. I thought, you know, I was going to UConn. Like I thought I was going to UConn and this, this and that. And um, then I went to uh, Montclair and I played with high level talent, like real high level talent. Um, on, on our team was a girl named Maisha Hines Allen that plays for the Washington Mystics right now. Um, so that was when I really got exposed to what was really out there. Um, so I, I knew I, I could keep up. Um, I definitely was behind skill-wise. Um, there was stuff I just didn't even know. I didn't even know that there was that type of competition out there. Then we were, I, was, I, I went from playing um, in, in a different kind of division to going to playing against like Shabazz, you know, going to play against East Orange. I'm playing against, you know, Mount St. Dominic. So um at that point I, I still did well I, I did numbers I got boards that thing was more hustle and, and muscle um so I, I knew that if I just kept working hard that an opportunity would present itself so um I would say I would say I always believed that I could go to school uh, for free for basketball um but it was just a matter of how how much effort I put into it now you went to New Haven. What was that process? What was your recruitment process like? Could there have been any other school outside of New Haven? Um, I know you just mentioned you always had the mindset that it would be a possibility. You can make it happen to go college ball. 
were D1 schools really your goal or you just wanted to play college ball, period? 100% D1 was my goal. I wanted to go D1. I wanted to go as high as possible. Um, but um, it just, you know, I wasn't where I needed to be. So when I told you, like, when I moved to Montclair and I was exposed to all this different talent, I, I hadn't even taken a three-pointer um, until my senior year of high school. Like I or made a three-pointer. I was a post player um, my freshman and junior year. So when I went to Montclair, they turned me into a guard. Um, so at this point, I've got, I'm starting off fresh. You know, I'm starting off now. Um, I'm starting off as a junior now, just starting to play guard. Um, so, you know, that, that AU season, that off season of my junior year, I was in the gym for, six hours after school you know from three to nine um trying to get the skill to become a guard that would actually be able to be recruited because at that point my my high school coach said I wasn't even really good enough to play d3 um so it was just a matter of getting in the gym and just working as hard as possible so my my senior year my the first game of my senior year was when I first hit a hit a three-pointer and I, I ended up going 40 percent from the three-point line my senior year um and i got recruited by university of new haven and i had other schools i got i received letters from a couple d1 schools um I, bucknell i think like university of maine or something like that but um they were just they were just letters you know they weren't you know they were just like interests uh, like as if I was like, you know, probably like the 20th person on their list that they actually just sent a letter to. It never got farther than that. Um, a lot of these three schools wanted me. Um, Stevens Institute of Technology, I actually visited, which is a, a academic school. When I realized, you know, I might not have the offers that I thought I was going to have. Um, I was like, why not go and get a great education? So I went to Stevens Institute of Technology and saw what it was like there. Um, but my two offers was from Caldwell. Um, it was Caldwell College at the time. Now it's, I'm pretty sure, Caldwell University yeah. um, and University of New Haven. Um, Caldwell College was right up the street from Montclair. It was so close. I mean, on my visit, they took me to Willowbrook Mall, which I had, I knew, I knew Willowbrook Mall better than the girls who were from, from Massachusetts. You know, these girls from, are from Massachusetts showing me the Willowbrook Mall. I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> But then when I went to New Haven, it was a whole different experience, a different state. I was, you know, far enough away from my family, uh, but close enough. Um, and they offered uh, great programs. So uh, I ended up choosing University of New Haven um, my, the beginning of my senior year. By the grace of God, I got that, I got that offer and I, I accepted it. It was a great decision. You know, there was a stat that you read off when we first started the podcast that jumped off the screen to me. You said finished eighth all-time in school history at New Haven with 814 rebounds and you're 5'8". And so I'm just like, I heard that. I was like, wait, what? Like, like that's insane. That's, that's a crazy accomplishment. Like it really is. It's underrated. Um, obviously, you know, it makes, it makes a little sense. You talk about your background like being in the post, you know, earlier on in your career, but like, where does that kind of also come from? Because I, you know, that mo a lot of players don't have that, right? Like guards especially don't have this. So I, it makes sense that, you know, you were, in that position where you were in the post before, but that still came from somewhere. That kind of grit, that kind of heart. It, it takes heart to get 814 rebounds at 5'8 at, at a collegiate level, right? So where does that come from? What do you think? Um, it definitely just came from, first of all, my dad, you know, told me if I wanted to get playing time, this is now I'm going back to middle school when I wasn't starting, I wasn't getting that much time, but I wanted to play. He told me, you need to hustle. You need to run the floor. You need to play defense and you need to get rebounds. Um, so I made that like my bread and butter. Like I was going to, I was going to get rebounds. I was going to run the floor and I was going to play defense. So I would get my points off of, if, if nothing, I would get my points off of defensive steals um, in fast break and transition um, and off of rebounds, offensive rebounds. And, you know, if you have the ball in your hand, it's just more of a chance to score. So um, that kind of stayed with me because I ended up playing post um mind you I started in the post even my freshman and, and sophomore year of high school on the varsity team so um I kept that even when I was with a guard it never really left me I'm still transitioning into being a, a natural guard it's, it's actually something that I I struggle with 
Um, but over the years I got, I got better at. So um, for, as for rebounding, that's just, that's just wanting the ball in your hand. And I, I, I want the ball in my hand. Those are the ball that all great rebounders have that in common. So Kevin Love said when they asked him, like, how are you such a good rebound? Of course he's 6'10". So it may, it's just not about what you're doing. Right, right. Uh, I want to ask this because I know you were telling me that we had to push back the start time because you had Bible study. You just mentioned earlier, I want to go back to that. You said by the grace of God, uh, you got that offer. How much in your career from middle school to high school to college to being a pro has faith factored in your success? Faith has been everything to get me to where I am. Um, I don't know if I would have been the person I am if it wasn't for my relationship with God. Uh, I, I definitely would not be the person I am today. I would have been a, a completely different person. I would have been able to give in to my sinful nature and, and, and I wouldn't be the loving person that I am. I would have just taken what the world gave me and turned it into that and harvested that. Um, it, it gave me the, the hope to keep going. So um, no matter what came at, my, came at me and a bunch of stuff came at me as does in everybody's life, um, no matter what came at me, I knew that I had God. And that no matter what was happening in the world, that if I stayed, you know, faithful, um, that I would be okay. And now I'm studying the Bible to get baptized. Um, before, I didn't really understand as much. I would just go to church, you know, people around me talked about it, my family. Um, and, you know, I went to college, didn't really go to church as much, but I still, you know, believed in God and still, you know, prayed here and there when I, you know, I felt like I needed him. Um, but, uh as I got older and I saw how much I really did need him in my everyday life, um, just by being out in the world, going to Spain, um, seeing how you lose people in your life, um, how I needed him actively in my day-to-day -day life. So now I'm, I'm taking it to a different level and really trying to get a closer connection with him. That's dope, um, especially the, the important part of realizing how much you need them on a daily basis, an everyday thing. It's not, you know, just for the good things or when bad things happen, you realize that um, with you saying that and you mentioned how you're such a loving person, does that, is that like the reason and why behind you are big on activism and speaking up on social justice? Cause I've seen uh, going back to Montclair you had his articles written about some of the protests that went down in Montclair and you were the, the face of it and you spoke there. How was that for you and what, you know, inspired you to do so? Because a lot of us can see what's going on, but a lot of us won't go into the forefront. A lot of us won't lead the charge. You actually led the charge. So what inspired you to do so? Well, um, I would say that, um, I just felt like I, anybody who saw what had happened um, with the George Floyd uh, murder would have been moved in some type of way. And I was moved. Um, I, I was angry. I was hurt. I, you know, I was scared um, knowing that, you know, my dad could be, you know, something, you know, the same thing could have happened to my dad. Um, All right. So um, just knowing that something like that could have happened to my dad, um, I was angry and scared. He could have gone to the, to, to the store and for no, and he's a, an amazing man um, that, you know, that could have happened to him for no reason. Um, and the fact that it did happen to somebody, you know, so gruesome on TV, this happens when cameras on and cameras off. Um, and I was restless. I mean, I, I was restless. I, I did not sleep. I wanted to do something. You know, I had asked my dad, hey, this is, I just got back from Spain, quarantine. They, they, they sent me home. Um, or actually I tried, I, I had to go home. I, I asked to leave because I was like, I can't be here anymore. Got home, thing with George Floyd happened. I asked my dad, hey, can I go protest in Newark? And my dad was like, no, no, you can't go protest in Newark. 
he says those are you know the protests are violent and I was like no like I need to go like you know I had people my friends are going my friends are calling me like yo you know like you going to this this and that and I'm like um and I'm like no I can't go my dad's saying no they're like oh you gotta go and I was like oh, I can't I gotta listen to my dad I live in my dad's house I don't disobey my dad I love my dad I don't disobey him um so he called me down later that night and said you know look at look at these protests you think that's peaceful and obviously on the news they're showing the worst that they can you know that's how the news goes and portrays it but in in Newark they actually accomplished a peaceful protest um so more restless nights um doing the dishes I felt like I was a walking zombie at that point um just being consumed with it not being able to do anything and at one point I just told my dad I was like look like I'm I gotta go like I'm going to go and I'm gonna I'm going to protest. And my friend called me from Montclair. Her name's Maxie, Maxie Lope. She was um, actually the co-founder in the, in the organization that I started from, um, from the protest. Like we, we started our own organization when we started organizing that. Um, she called me, she's like, yo, I want to do something too. Like, I want to do something too. And like, I want to plan a protest. And that's how we started. She called me up and I was like, yo, I'm going to do it. I told my dad, I was like, I'm sorry. He, he came upstairs. He was not happy with me because he's afraid. He doesn't want me to go out there and get hurt. You know, people were getting, you know, shot rubber bullets in the face, peaceful protests, you know. Um, and I said that, you know, I told him, I was like, it's something that I have to do. And I did it. And after that, he, you know, he supported everything uh, I did. So um, even, uh, even the speech that I, I gave had biblical references in it, um, you know, because I, I really believe we all did, you know, try and be more like Jesus or, you know, do the things that it actually teaches in the Bible. Like we really, you know, the issues wouldn't be where they are if we did really just break down and love each other. Um, no matter who's hurt you or what, to really let your guard down and love each other, um, these things like this wouldn't happen. But that's a that's a perfect world, right? And we don't live in that now. <laughs> no. Go ahead, Greg. Go ahead, Greg. I was going to say, I mean, no, like, I have two questions, honestly, but I'll, I'll ask, you know what, I'm going to ask one that's tied into your faith, too, because I, I think it's really, you know, dope um, and amazing. Like, we keep saying dope. I'm wearing my God is dope shirt, but it says black, <laughs> it, it, it says, it says black women's matter on it. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's I don't think you, could, you can't really see it, but it does. You, I, I can't see the print, but I can see that I see the God, which is the most important part. Yeah, the, it says yeah, it says God, but it says um, it says in in way it says Black women matter. That's so dope. That's so dope. I mean, I, I was gonna ask, right? Like, um, I know per from personal experience when these crazy things happen, when George Floyd happens, when um, Tamir Rice happens, when what happened on Capitol Hill happens last week, I, I can go to a dark place mentally. Like this is for me, right? Um, how does your faith? And I think that can happen to a lot of people. Um. But how does your faith play a role in keeping you even keel and keeping you centered during times like that, right? Because, like, it's hard to watch it. It's traumatizing on TV, seeing Black people dead in the streets, seeing um, um, an angry mob of white people storming the Capitol because they want to take us back to a dark place as a country, right? So, you know, how do you stay even keel, you know, and, and what's that process for you, you know, from a faith, faith perspective and then how you internalize everything? Um, well... You know, I, I have to, it's not easy, honestly. It's really not easy um, to keep your composure. It's just, you see that and you want to yell, you want to be heard. Um, you you want to, you know, go break, break a window or, you know, um, but, you know, that's not, what piece is that bringing? You know, that's just causing more noise. So, um, you know, I just, knowing that I have to speak with a clear head, knowing that if I'm angry and I, you know, speak angry, angrily and, uh, you know, start accusing other people of, of bad things or just, you know, just pointing the finger at other people, you're losing your audience. Um, and, and really you're losing the people that you need to hear this the most, you know? So those people who are trying to, you know, overthrow the country and, um, you know, storm the Capitol and wanna, those are the people that need to hear what we're saying you know what i'm saying so if you, you you completely lose your audience when you start just you start attacking them um not that i'm saying they, they need to be coddled or whatever and some some people won't listen 
some some people won't listen. I'm saying I'm I'm pretty sure the people at the Capitol storm the Capitol weren't gonna listen anyways. Um, and they, they, they need to pass saving. And they have right, and they haven't. So um, it's really the people who, who you know talking to the people who want to listen. So you know, I knew that the audience that I was going to talk to, which um, they, it was an amazing environment um, that I wanted to you know say something that was gonna change people's hearts or you know something that actually you know was thoughtful and was going to stick with people, not just in this situation, but in all situations where there's injustices, not just racial injustice, but all injustices. So, I think something that's definitely needed with that, um, as you said, is the love aspect. In a perfect world, of course, if everybody loved how God says to love and love your neighbor as you love yourself, we wouldn't have these problems. But Loving somebody is not per se the easiest thing to do. You know, it's easier to show hate. It's easier not to forgive. It's easier to handle things with anger and without a clear head. Uh, something you said that's so important says in the Bible, a soft word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So you have to be level-headed. You have to be clear. You have to be smart in your approach of how you go about it you have to have wisdom from god to do so so i think that's key i think that's important um i can speak for me i know with everything that goes on in my life with social injustice with just life's trials that's the only thing that keeps me grounded is is my faith that's the only thing that keeps me grounded um transitioning talking about you going pro so you're going through your college career you get to your senior year. What was that process? Because I know I see the smile. I see the jubilation on your face. Mm -hmm. How was that process? Like, how did that come about? You going pro and to Spain at that too? Well, honestly, I had no idea that that was what I was going to do. Um, so if you had asked me my junior year of college like what I was going to do I was like I'm going I'm going to be an accountant I'm going to go into accounting um, I got an internship at Deloitte and um, it wasn't what I had expected it was it was a lot harder than I expected and I don't think I was ready for it in in more ways than one so after after that experience I um I was like I'm gonna go play basketball like I there's no like I'm here but I want to go go play and um, continue to play. Uh, so I just decided that, you know, instead of starting my career right after school, that I would try and pursue uh, a professional career in basketball. And uh, that's, you know, not so easy being a division two player, you know, how, you know, there's a bunch of division one players that, you know, they'll come first, you know, you, you get, you know, someone from overseas, they see your profile and they see a division one player um, with similar stats at a division two, player with similar stats are going to probably go for the division one players. So, um, so yeah, so I luckily got help from an amazing coaching staff. Um, my senior year, we got a new, new coaching staff. Her name is Deborah Buff, um, the head coach, uh, coach Brandow was our, uh, our GA and, um, they both helped me, uh, so much. Um, with getting overseas and um, and yeah I got an offer another another by the grace of God it was just you know it was barely like it, I think it was barely maybe a week before like a week after they said if you don't have a, a an offer by this time you might as well give mm -hmm. up and and coach Bauer was our assistant coach and he made my, my highlights so they they all chipped in so much um, but but I got the offer to go like after they said like, oh, if you don't get an offer by this point, you gotta give up. Um, and that's when I got on my knees and, and started praying. And it wasn't until I got on my knees and started praying um, real late that I got an offer. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. I, I, I wanna ask a question here too. I mean, um, you, know, you, this is crazy. Like, it's like, a, this is, it's an amazing story, right? Like, and you talked about how you've dealt with the doubt because I'm sure there was plenty of doubt, right? On the road you know that's just the natural part of it but if you had to sum up your game in in, in a couple sentences like what would you say uh people would would see if, if i watch the film what am i going to walk away thinking about alexandria kirk 
Um, you probably think that I'm, I'm I hustle and I go hard. Uh, I'll, you, you know, I play a lot of minutes, um, and that I just give. I have a lot of heart, so I'm gonna get to the. I'm gonna get to the basket. I'm gonna rebound and I'm gonna play defense. I don't have much, you know, super flashy finesse um, to my game, which I would love to add in, and I'm and I'm still trying to add in. Um, but uh, you would definitely think that I hustle and I go hard. I'm going to get a rebound. It's fun to watch because you know I'm giving everything that I can for it. Hey, would you, see, I have mad two-part questions, bro. I was going to say, would you say that that parallels the way you live your life? Like, would you say the way you play basketball is the way, you know, is it like, is it like parallel to the way like you are as a human being off the court? Yes. I, I, I Again, you know, bring back to my faith. I think God gives me these opportunities and I have to give a hundred percent to everything that I do. Um, and I try to go along with that mentality every day. It's not easy because you're, you're going to fall at points. It's, it's inevitable. It's like, you know, some points you're going to get down. Um, but it is about, you know, just getting back up and going as hard as possible. So um, yeah, I believe that in everything I do also, you know, I take my last name seriously. I, uh, my dad um, has been huge in my life. Uh, I have his last name, you know, so he's he's gotten me in situations. He's had my back always um, in situations where, you know, I, I didn't really have anybody else. And um, he's definitely had my back and uh, I have his last name. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make him, I'm trying to make him proud as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think that there's a parallel between my basketball game and the way I live my life as well, for sure. That's that. Uh, we keep saying it, but that's dope. You don't hear that many people have that mindset of the last name. I want to make sure I'm doing something with this last name. It means something to me. A lot of people don't have that mindset. Um, and speaking of legacy and speaking of making their parents proud by having that last name, what are what is the current situation? Now you mentioned that you you know you came back because of COVID, which is a valid reason um, with everything going on. I don't even know, can't even imagine what it was like in another country having to go through that. What is the current situation for you? Are you still training, um, looking to go back at any point? What's your current situation? So I'm currently working as a tax accountant um, and uh, it's tax season. So that's why it was so hard to figure out time to get on the show because I'm, I'm working close to 60 hours a week, mm. um, a minimum, a minimum of 10 hours and then, uh, an hour for lunch. So I'm in the office at a minimum of 11 hours, but many days you can go over. Um, and, and then you work Saturdays as well, nine to four. So, and that's, that's the minimum. So I'm in tax season right now. I'm still training, which is really hard because 60 hours is a job and a half. Right. Um, so, I'm still training as best as I can. I mean, I went to the gym today. I lifted. It's, I can't do as much as I was doing before. I can't. It's just not. It's not physically possible for me, and it's frustrating. Uh, I won't be able to lift this heavy. My body can't handle it. I don't have enough time to recover, enough sleep to recover. Um, I went to the gym for the first time because tax season started a week ago, so I took a week off for that. The gym was closed due to you know um, the holidays and with COVID and things like that. So I went for the first time after a week of tax season of 60 hours, not touching a basketball for a little while. I went and I was, I was rusty. Um, my body couldn't do what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't have control of the ball. Like I would have liked to have control of the ball. Um, so I was really discouraged, uh, really, really, really discouraged about it. Um, I had to, you know, pray on it, you know, just know that like just leave it in the past and, it, it was just me getting my rust off. I'm going to have to get used to it and adjust. And I'm not going to be able to do, you know, what I was doing before I was working a full-time job um, and overtime hours. So, um, so it's just about mental, you know, just, you know, staying in the gym. And I know that when, when tax season is over, cause it does end April 15th is deadline for taxes. Um, when it's over and I will get my rest and, you know, I, I'll be back to where I was before. Um, so, so yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I do want to go back to back overseas. What had happened was, um, the team had offered me back. Um, I had, um, you know, said like I was pending on it. Like I didn't, I wanted to see my other options. 
Um, I didn't get any other options due to COVID. Um, and, uh, you know, so I didn't get, I ended up not going back to that team. They had offered somebody else and I ended up not having a team to go back to. Um, and as, as much as I want to be down about it, cause it's hard. Um, this is my first year, I think in April or maybe end of March will be the, a whole year without basketball. That'll, this will be a whole year for the first time. And then I can remember that I haven't been on a basketball team. Um, and, uh, you know, I do believe that, you know, I'll be, I still have an opportunity to go back. Um, and if not, that God has a different plan for me, that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to establish myself here. I could become, you know, a, a coach. I could still be involved, maybe play in women's leagues or whatever. I still love the game, so I'm going to still stay involved. Um, but I pray that I, I do get to go back for sure. What's your thoughts on uh, women's basketball right now? Like, you actually went pro, you went overseas. Um, we know that the pay and the treatment, actually, just across the board, when it comes to women's basketball in the United States, is not really up to par as where it should be. What are your thoughts on women's basketball? And do you think it changes in your lifetime? Women's basketball is completely underrated. Um, we have a lot of skill. We play hard um, and fundamentally sound. Um, as for for guys, you know, people want to see people dunking. Uh, people want to see all these fancy different things that the guys can do because they're athletically able. But what's happening now is uh, I see more and more girls starting to dunk, you know, um, more and more girls are dunking in games, throwing alley-oops. I just saw an alley-oop the other day. Um, you know, so we're going to gain our respect. It's a matter, it's just a matter of time. And we've already, you know, earned it. Um, it's just about people recognizing that. Um, but it's definitely underrated. And I think that has to do with, you know, the, um, you know, menace type of, mentality you know like you know, there's guys there's guys who just think you know women are just not as as good um you know not as intelligent not as strong um but I actually started lifting um doing slight power lifting not actually going for heavy weight but just the form so like I'll, I'll squat deeper than I was when I was in college and stuff like that and one of the girls said like you know I'm gonna lift just as much as that guy and the guy over there was lifting like five deadlifting 500 pounds but she said women's legs are actually stronger than men's legs I don't know if that's true she just said that I, I have no fact check I never thought of it like that I never I never compared men's legs to women's legs before um, but she said you know confidently that women's legs are stronger than men's legs um, I know women who are just as intelligent um, so it's just about you know uh, people seeing it and, and recognizing it and it's it's coming like you know already there's so many barriers that have been broken um, with women's basketball and although um, we're not getting the recognition we have that gratification that we love the game and we're going to play whether the fans or the people you know realize that or not we love the game and we're going to keep playing so do you have any aspirations at any point to maybe try to play at home, to play in the WNBA? I would love to play in the WNBA. It's a dream. If I could get a, a tryout, I would go to the tryout. I would give everything I have just to say, you know, I did it. Because um, I'm going to give everything I have until I can't do it anymore, until everybody shuts the doors and there's no more doors to open. That's what I'm going to try and do. So if I was ever, you know, to get a, a tryout, if that's in the path for me, um, yeah, of course I would try and play at home. Your story definitely in that mindset is truly inspirational for anybody I'm sure that's watching this. I know I'm inspired by it. I know Greg, I know you're inspired by it because hearing that, it just makes you want to go play ball right now. It just makes you want to be like, I, I still got a little left in the tank. I still could try it. So I, I really think that's inspirational. Um, I don't know. We're going to have to check it out uh, on if women's legs are stronger than men's legs we'll put it yeah, in you should fact check that fact check that and have me and have me back on the show oh for sure, for sure. We'll have yeah, fact check everything i fact check everything i say and then have me back on the show and like let me know the real facts okay <laughs> yeah by the way 
full circle moment here. I I have actually, and this is probably through Instagram. I follow Pascal. Um, he does. He has a little fitness. His the fitness program he runs is really dope. You know, Pac Man Fitness. Pac Man Fitness. You go. Give him a shout out. Pac Man Fitness. Okay. Shout him out. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Because I yo yo, I've known him since I was what since I was in seventh grade. It's been a long time. Um, and I saw that he always works out works out with you. Like you're one of right. the main clients that he works with. So I seen the hard work a long time ago. When he told me you have, when he told me that we were gonna have you on the show. I was like, oh. I've seen her before, like I knew, because it didn't click until like right before we got on. I was like, I know, that's where I remember her from. Like, yeah, like she was. She, I see her work grinding, like going hard. So that's really, really dope. I didn't um know you were playing professionally, so I did a little more digging. Um, that is amazing. Like your story really is inspirational, and for anybody that's listening right now, like I just hope they can take that grit. Um, you know, because I, I get the, the word that I would use to describe your story is grit and faith, obviously, right? Like thank those two you. words are incredible. So I mean, thank you so much. I mean, we're not done, but thank you so much for hopping on and sharing your story. No, thank you for having me, and thank you. I'm really honored for sure. Especially, especially the 60, 65 hour work weeks. Damn. Oh my gosh. Damn. Yeah, that's 20 hours overtime. To put it in perspective, like that's putting like 20 hours overtime. Uh, are you going into your office every day, or are you are you remote? I'm going into the office. Yes, but we have COVID, um, like you know, requirements and. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, precautionary measures. Like we, I don't have, you know, we stay a cubicle apart. Everybody's got to wear a mask. We get our temperature taken. Um, mm. You know, the whole nine. Out. Yeah, the whole nine. Yeah. I tell you, I don't miss it. I was doing seventy hours at Hertz. I don't miss it. I know you don't. I know you don't. <laughs> if I'm doing sixty and my eye hasn't stopped twitching, I don't know what was happening to you when you were when you were working seventy well, hours. I have no idea. Well, let me ask you a question though. So you're doing 60 hour work piece right now, working as an accountant, right? It's yeah. tax season. Is this what you want to do like long-term or where do you see yourself going professionally? Like outside of basketball, like what's, what's next professionally for you? Um, I would love to own my own business at some point in my life. You know, um, I would love to, you know, some type of consulting idea growth, uh, like life coaching, uh, you know, I, say my, my story is inspirational but I really want to I do really want to inspire other people I do want to show people that there's a, a different way and that you know that your dreams are possible anything you want to do you know it's possible to be encouraged about it um and then maybe becoming a, a professor or some type of teacher and coach I like to I like to teach I I tutored at um University of New Haven as well and um so I would definitely like to become a professor at some point and teach. Um, and that would give me the uh, ability to interact with people on a different level. So for sure. Well, bright future ahead, whether it's some basketball professionally, that's, that's one thing for sure. So you, you don't lack options. That's guaranteed. Uh, last thing before we transition to with the quickness segment, what is one piece of advice you would give to a young athlete, specifically female, trying to pursue her dream? What's one piece of advice you would give her? Just to never give up. Don't give up. It's possible. Go do it. Don't don't think your dream is too big. You know, don't 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 be ashamed to say, oh yeah, like you know, I'll play in the WNBA. Don't don't let anybody shut you off from that. You know, people will definitely try and undermine your dreams, especially as a young female, young woman. People are going to try and undermine your dreams. Oh, you can't do that, but you can do it. And it is possible. So I would just say, don't give up. Just keep going. For sure. I think, Greg, tell me if you if you agree. I think the title for this, this episode is All I Do is Grind and Pray. <laughs> hey, bro, that's, that's a good one. It, it just, that's, I like that. I like that. It's fitting. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got from that that conversation right there. So do with, it, do it. Uh, I would like that. Got it, got it. So with this, with the quickness segment. So this segment, we're going to ask you basically some rapid fire questions. Whatever comes to your head, the quickest answer. If you're nervous, it's going to be a hot take. It's fine. It's cool. Let it be a hot take. It's your opinion. Let me know. You you ready for with the quickness? Well, yeah, I'm ready. Before we jump in, there, I mean, I want to call audible real quick because I'm just, I'm just curious about something. So are you, and I'm going to get to the question you think I'm going to ask, Tone. I, I promise you, you know I'm going to ask her. But 
Um, are you a fan of the NBA? Like, are you invested? Do you, do you like how how much are you watching NBA basketball, WNBA basketball? I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the NBA. Um, I just don't watch TV. I okay. do not watch TV. I don't watch Netflix. I don't watch TV. If the game is on, like you know, I'm with people and they're watching the game. I'll watch the game. If I see when I when I do end up getting on my phone and get on social media, I'll watch the highlights and things like that. Of course. Um, but no, I also like to use my free time when I do have free time just to be around my family and people that I love and so on and so forth. So, um, so I'm not an avid, I'm not an avid watcher. Like I got to watch the game tonight. No, I would, I would say no, but that doesn't have anything to go for my love for basketball. I still really love basketball and it makes me really happy. And that gets my point. That gets my point. So I think your take on this will still be very, very insightful. So you're a professional basketball player right like amazing accomplishment so this is great you have you heard about what's happening with Kyrie Irving right like him not being at games like have you heard about that uh no I haven't heard I I also don't really go on social media so I'm, I'm sometimes I'm really out of the loop I'm gonna give you the rundown right okay give me so the run, give me the run. after Capitol after Cap, what happened on Capitol Hill Kyrie Irving stopped like he just stopped showing up for work right like told the team told the Nets that he has to be out for personal reasons. He told them what it actually is, what's, what's going on. We That's what is being reported to some people. Um, but he's not showing up to work. He hasn't been back to – he's missed five straight games now. I think it is five straight games. So my thing is, like, as a professional basketball player, right, it, we're speculating. We don't know what it is. We don't know why he's out. It could be anything. But do you think that's acceptable, right, as a professional basketball player, as someone who – you know, you made a you make a living playing ball. Like you made a living playing basketball. How do you feel about that? Like, how do you think that um, people should interpret that? Because that's going to be a hot topic we're going to talk about tomorrow. But I just wanted to. Yeah, talk completely about acceptable. I think that's completely acceptable. He's a human first before basketball player before anything else. If he's got personal things to go on, mental health. It, it could be anything. If there's something that he also wants to go after and chase, who's to say you're just a basketball player? That's been a, a huge issue. Oh, you know, that shut up and play basketball type of thing. No, I'm not just a basketball player. I'm a human being. I, I think too. I, I'm, I'm, I also have an intellect. So I don't know what Kyrie Irving is doing, but I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I want to, I want to know what it is. So if it's, if it's something positive, I'm here for it. If it's something that he needs to do for mental health, like who is, who is to tell him what to do really? If he doesn't want to go to the games, he doesn't have to go to the I'm not paying him. So, um, so yeah, I, I do believe, like, you know, people have their own lives, too. You can't really judge or tell anybody how to live their life, no matter what. So. Well, I, I appreciate that uh, input. We yeah. got to run, to run yeah, that I, I, hope I, I hope I supported your your views. And, and, you did. And you, 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 yeah, you see the hat. You, you, see, you okay. see what it is. Like. Uh, call me. <laughs> call me on it. <laughs> got you. Um, yeah, it's been... <laughs> it's been uh real spicy in the chat for the last week or so with uh different viewpoints on the situation um i think we'll all be looking forward to what exactly is going on and again most importantly like mental health your family those things if the thing with the capital with the so call for justice sometimes you got to take a step away and do what's right do the right thing mm. so i think if, you know, once the information comes out, once Kyrie speaks and he says any of those things is the reason why, I don't think anybody in a right mind should have a problem with that, honestly. Yeah. If that, if, you know, that comes out as that's the reason. But what's your, what's your go-to meal? Excuse me? What's your go-to meal? My go-to what? Meal, meal. What, what, what's Alexandra's favorite thing to eat? Oh, meal. Um, my go-to meal? Oh, my gosh. That's a horrible question because I eat everything. Like, you put anything in front of me, like, I'll pretty much eat it. Like, it's actually a problem. I've been, I've been trained. My dad eats everything. So, um, but, you know, if I'm cooking, like, I now have to meal prep, I'm cooking chicken, broccoli, and either pasta or rice. If, if you aren't meal prepping this cheat day, what you eating? Mm. If I'm not meal prepping and it's cheat day, what am I eating? Um, I would say like you know, so I like Chinese food. Um, I like Spanish food. All right, Spanish food first above all. Else. I love Spanish food. Um, 
but when I tell you, like, I love and enjoy pretty much almost every meal, like, people, like, they're like, I don't even know why you think this tastes good. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is so good. So, <laughs> like, you, you know, I think everybody's cooking is pretty good. Well, Tone's throwing me, Tone's trying to throw me an alley-oop here, so I, I'll take over from here. Okay. Um, you like everything. Um, have you had the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich? The Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich? Yeah. I think so. Isn't all, all Chick-fil-A well, you can, get, you can get other things from there, but, oh, but you know what? Or the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Are you talking about the Popeye's chicken sandwich? Oh, I'm going to get there, too. So I was I was hoping you'd had both of them. Have you had, like, the Chick-fil-A and the Popeye's chicken sandwich? I've had, yeah, I, I believe I've had the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. I've had a chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A. No. That, but that, the that, Popeye's chicken sandwich is fire. I'm not going to tell you which one's better. I can't give you a... But uh, I, can't you, I can't give you that, but I haven't eaten the, the chicken. I've eaten a couple, though. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like a couple bucks. It's like four bucks for a chicken sandwich. Right. I mean, you can't really go wrong. I Either don't one. know which one is better, though. I haven't had Chick-fil-A in a long time. Anytime I drive past Chick-fil-A, the line is outrageous. I don't have time to stop. That's facts. That's facts. Let me, let me yeah, you. Outrageous. On 22. Hello? There's a Chick-fil-A on 22. That's oh, the one really packed. Always packed. It's a nightmare. Always packed. Yeah. yeah. I, my oh, little yeah. cheat code is I order I order through the app and I just walk up to the door and usually it's, it's ready right away. And so I'm right, out with that. Ne next but, episode, next episode, I'm gonna have so a chicken bring... sandwich and a Popeye sandwich here. Uh -huh. and I'm gonna try it and I'll I'll give you an answer. I'm holding you to that. I was, I'm holding you to that. So right, next episode, we doing that. I want your honest because I know what I think is better. But I'm not. Okay. I'm not about to tell you. Don't tell me yet. Don't tell me yet. Yeah, I have an idea. You, what you think it's better, but don't tell. Me. I'm gonna give you my my honest opinion though. I appreciate that. We, we, we yeah, that. That's perfect. We get that on live. Whenever you had a sandwich, we'll get it on live and we could all discuss. Matter of yeah. fact, we could all get the sandwiches on live and eat it. Yeah. Eat it. Yeah. Yo, let's set it up. I'm, a, I'm a sucking yeah. up on chicken sandwich, but I know which one is better. So, all right, we'll talk about it. All right. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Um. So, you mentioned you're not really on social media like that. You don't really watch TV like that. So, it seems like you're one of the people that's big on being present in the moment um are you an avid reader i'm an avid reader um i haven't been able to read as much as i i would like recently just because of the my schedule um but yeah i'm an avid reader i'm an avid studier um you know i've been called a nerd i'm i'm a, I'm a little bit of a nerd um so uh, I definitely do believe in continued education you know go learn something you know yeah do be present um you know, it's it, it's something that I've had to relearn. You know, I, I did at some point get consumed with social media to the point where I, I deleted my all my social media um, at, when I went to Spain because I wanted to be present in Spain. I, I didn't want to be on my phone in the United States watching all my friends, what they're doing when I'm, I'm in Spain trying to live my life and have my own experience. I didn't want to, you know, be out there trying to take catch a picture and really miss the beauty of what was going on. Um, which I could have easily done because I was on Instagram doing that all the time. Um, and I saw how many hours I was, you know, they, you know, they do their little Great screen time. time. I saw the amount of hours. And I'm like, yo, I did all this. I graduated school, two degrees, four years, play basketball, this, this, and that. And I was on Instagram that much. So when I, I decided that I would learn, go to Spain and learn Spanish. And in seven months, I learned Spanish. Instead of going on Instagram, I went on an application called Duolingo. And in seven months, I, I learned Spanish, and now I can have a conversation in Spanish. I'm not, you know, I'm not a natural, it's not my native tongue, but, you know, anyone who hears me doesn't believe that I was only there for seven months. But yeah. That's dope. So, that's why I'm, I, I, yep, I believe in reading, I believe in studying, so for sure. That's, again, very Kobe-esque. Very Kobe-esque. Yes. yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a compliment. <laughs> so since you're an avid reader, give us three books that you would suggest every person reads um okay um all right you, you, i mean i guess you caught me here um solality by naomi johnson um i suggest that everybody reads that uh, make change uh, by sean king and um let's see um, Escondido en tus ojos, which is a, a book in Spanish, which is what's hidden in your eyes. Um, and I'm, that's like the book I'm reading now. So that's all I could give you. 
That sounded that sounded pretty good. That, that it gave me it gave me flashbacks of Spanish class. My teacher. Spanish class, yeah, it's good. I'm gonna give you Spanish class vibes. <laughs> okay, so who are your five favorite players? NBA, WNBA, college. Who are your five favorite players? Um. Okay. I would say I love Kyrie. I also love. Um, I love Ariel Atkins. I love um, Tiffany Mitchell. I love. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I love Kobe. I wouldn't, you know, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of LeBron. He's not one of my favorites. I don't know why I put him in top five, but you know, he's he's he is amazing. He's a great player. Obviously, I can't take that away from him. Um, and how many did I just mention? Four. I would say, you know, Candace Parker, Skylar Diggins. She's a lefty. Um, I, I, I um, Odyssey Sims. She's a lefty. Like, so I, I'm a lefty. So I, I love lefties. Um, I'm a lefty too. I'm. I guess I'm the odd man out then in in this uh, conversation. We got two lefties on the on the show right now, and I'm the righty. Oh, wow. Okay, fellow lefty. I see fellow you. lefty. I, I, I knew Left, Left-handed left bandit. Left-handed bandit. That's what I was, you know? Left-handed. We got feelings, okay? <laughs> okay, so two more. Okay. If you were on an island, stranded, what are three things that you couldn't live without? Well, I'll take my Bible. I need my Bible. Um, some food. Uh, does that count? Does that count as something? Food. Ooh, yep. Yeah, two. And, and a comfortable bed. Comfortable bed. Facts. <laughs> All right. I said two. Matter, matter of fact, it's two more now. This since you just mentioned it again. Two more questions. Favorite scripture. Um, my favorite scripture would have to be, um, "Blessed are those who hunger and seek for righteousness, for they shall be filled." Um, but I have a, a few. The meek shall inherit the earth, which is somebody who's so humble um, to the point where it's actually strength. They see some people see, you know, Christianity and things like that as as being weak, um, but really it's ultimate vulnerability, and that takes a lot of strength. A lot of people can't can't handle that. So uh, there's a lot of different scriptures that I I'm, I love. I can't really pinpoint the one that you know I love the most. For those who's listening, that's the B attitude she just touched on right there. Yeah. Okay. That's in Matthew, I believe, chapter 11. So check it out when y'all get a chance. Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Yes, sir. Oh, last question. Five people, dead or alive, that you would have at your dinner table. You love to eat. So five people that you're bringing together, dead or alive, to come eat a meal with Alexandra Kerr. Whoa, okay. Uh, uh, Alive, I would have to say my dad is definitely going to have to be uh, at that meal. Um, I could bring Jesus back to life. I'm bringing Jesus there. I'm taking all the knowledge. We knew that. Um, let's see who else would I have at the table. That's, uh, MLK. I'd love to have Martin Luther King there, Bob Marley. And, uh, let's say, I would like to, you know, my grandma. I had never met my grandma, my dad's mom. So I would have liked to have her at the table too. But also my, you know, all my loved ones, I would love them for them to at least be in the room. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a pretty dope table right there. I think that I think that table is pretty cool right there. And if you bring Jesus back, he'd probably bring a whole nice set of people right there too that's gonna be in the room to come watch. So exactly. That'd be a whole lot of that'd be a, a whole lot of people. No, no social distancing. So Max, you bring Jesus to the table, you ain't gotta worry about food though. Just bring two loaves, five fish. <laughs> Facts. That's all I'm saying though. He'll bring right. everybody gonna eat. Bring the right. water. He'll turn everybody to gonna eat. <laughs> bring be- the water to the table, right? Turn it to wine. We're good. You like to have a good time, by the way. People don't know that. that Jesus was going to the weddings. He was turning water into wine. He went to have a good time, enjoy time with people. Exactly. So that would be a fun table right there. But again, thank you so much for hopping on for this episode. 
for those who don't know, make sure that you subscribe, like. This will be on all streaming platforms. Wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple, it's Google, it's Anchor, it's Breaker, wherever you listen to your podcast, it also will be on YouTube under Still Not Worry Studios YouTube channel. Subscribe to them also. But if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Bench Mob, we out. Peace. Peace. For having me, I love you guys. This is so much fun. No, this is yo. Please come back around. Maybe we're gonna have to have this chicken sandwich discussion. We're gonna have to talk. Actually, it's actually something we gotta do. You gotta hold I me take, to that. I take this very seriously, as you can see. I'm a chicken sandwich connoisseur. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. So we gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Good night. Yeah, you too. Good night.